Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, welcome. This is New York Talk. This is the Rother United podcast, and we're back to the top of the league. The um, so that's, that's that's part of excuse me, part of what we're going to talk about tonight. Um, it was a, on the field. It was a, it was a brilliant day for the Millers. The result for us, the results for everybody else. It could not have been a more perfect day on the pitch yesterday. Um, but. I'll introduce everybody, and then we'll come on to the nonsense which we've got to talk about again. Michael <laughs> is back with us. Hello, Michael. Hello. Uh, Danny's back with us. Thank you for joining us, Danny. Hello, everybody. And Benjamin's with us again, but be warned, he is watching the playoffs, so his attention <laughs> may well be there elsewhere. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, so, let's start with this stuff. Um, we're going to talk about the performance, Michael Smith, and everything else. We are going to cover all that because I'm looking forward to talking about game, and I'm looking forward to talking about Doncaster Rovers on Tuesday. But the second away game in a row, we're having to start the show, and the club are having to put statements out because of fan behaviour. And I use the word fan very specifically there because this <laughs> and this occasion, certainly this occasion, it was clearly just one fan. Now, if you've not seen this in the story, I'll, I'll briefly talk about talk about the incident, but I, I know 95% of everybody will know. The game was stopped yesterday, very briefly, um, around just at the hour mark, because the, ref, the assistant referee had been hit on the back of the head with a missile, as the word used by the club. Um, he didn't, obviously, with his back to the stand, he didn't know what it was. Um, it turns out it may well be chewing gum. Not the point, but that's, that appears to be what the missile was. Um, play was then briefly stopped. Richard Wood came over and had a word with the fans. Uh, the game was restarted. The linesman then stopped about 10 minutes later, 10 15 minutes later. He came off. Um, at the time, I thought he'd done his hamstring, he was feeling his hamstring, but it turns out it, it, it was some sort of effect from getting hit on the back of the head. Um, disorientation or whatever, whatever it was. So that's what's happened. Um, the club put out, again, like, much like the Fleetwood game, they put out a swift, good statement. Paul Wong came out with some strong comments post-game, which, again, I think 95% of people agree with. 
Um, if you, th- I tweeted something similar to this. I will, I will put different words on it now. But if you throw something at somebody else anywhere, but especially at a football match, you don't deserve to be allowed to go to football matches. You shouldn't be allowed. It is beyond stupid. And I cannot understand why you think that is an acceptable way to behave in a in, in civilised people, in civilised company. It is stupid. And we do not want you supporting our football club. Don't want it. And I'm sure Mick, Danny and Ben agree with me. I'm sure 95% of people agree with us. We don't want you and your type coming to our, our, our games. Please stop coming. I don't know if you were involved in the summer at Fleetwood. And I don't care. Please just go away. Um, boys, anything you want to add? Uh, I'll have my little rant about that particular group in a moment. So I open the floor to Mick and Ben first. Well, I, I, I think people are being a bit harsh, to be honest, on this uh, this person. You know, I mean, the nasty, nasty man, that linesman, that nasty linesman didn't give us a handball outside area a few seconds earlier and mummy's not there to look after these people and give them what they want is she so you know they're going to stamp the feet they're going to stamp the feet i'm, I'm being, obviously being sarcastic it's little boys can't take the beer i think they're uh, think they're all 20 men you know shouting off and, and doing whatever it is they're doing it's just pathetic pathetic little imbeciles aren't they and as you quite rightly say matt we don't want them at our club we don't want any club to be honest with you, and it's a worry. It's a it's a big worry when you look at the the for, from a, from a supporter's point of view. We're away at Doncaster on on Tuesday night. We've got we've got to get to Swillsborough in a couple of weeks. You know, people want to go to these away games. Actual football supporters want to go to these away games, have a good time, enjoy it, win, lose or draw. Uh, but it seems that for some reason. These these babies can't they can't act. Not even can they not act losing. They can't even act not getting a decision going their way. It, it's just it's remarkable. It is remarkable, and and I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just bizarre. Bizarre. I don't understand what these these people have going through their minds. But I don't think there's a great deal to be honest. Um, it's just pathetic. I don't really think, to be honest, uh, and I know we need to talk about it. I know it needs to be discussed. <clears throat> but, you know, you're just giving these people airtime. We're giving these people, you know, they'll, they'll be they'll be, they'll be be smirking to themselves thinking that they've got a little bit of attention, um, you know, and, and they shouldn't be given any attention whatsoever because uh, that's all they maybe create, on, they need on, attention. Well, the flip side is that maybe they didn't know it was wrong and hopefully this will oh, give over. Well, I'm just I, I'm 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 hoping more than anything else. I know this is me being very naive. I'm hoping yeah, is. that this gets through somebody's skull that this is not acceptable. I know these are, these are people who go to a football match looking to looking to cause trouble, looking to be part of trouble until trouble comes their way, then they run a mile. You know what I mean? And and and, and it's just it's just that culture that they're trying to sort of they're trying to sort of bring back from 70s and 80s when there were actual trouble at football matches. We actual people actually fought, you know, and I'm not saying that were right either because that was pathetic, that was childish. But, you know, but these, these people, they're just, they're just, 
Don't give yeah. don't give them the time of day because they don't deserve it. They don't deserve to be part of our club or associated to our club in any way, shape, or form. They should be going running off back home to mummy and let mummy give them what they want and give them mummy give them the attention that they deserve because you know that's that's all they crave really ultimately. Yeah. Uh, Danny, you were on the sidelines of it. Important to point out, you didn't see the incident of whoever threw it. So, but no, you were at the sidelines of the group. Yeah, um, it is a particular group that I, we've had trouble with before. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll start <clears throat> with any good story from the beginning. So basically, we all go in like, and as a lot of people have heard me mention on the podcast, I travel with Kimmy Parkway days. Um, great, great bunch of people. They raise a lot of money for Rotherham Hospice. They don't really take the money for themselves in the back pocket. Whatever profit on bus we get, it goes to the hospice, like in the hospice pot at the end of the season. Um, <clears throat> so, I, I, so I travel down with them. We've put our flag up on that, the bit of railing at the front of the stand. Um, and then a lot from this weird pub field that they've got with, um, with the bridge in in town. I don't know the exact details behind it, so I won't speculate, but it was some of the lads who had travelled with them had said, oh, there's a Kimmy Park flag there, I'm going to burn it. You know, it was one lad in particular who said that. And me being me, I was saying to my mate, do you want me to go and have a word with him because he's trying to undo your flag? They're all like, no, 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 don't bother, he'll just kick off with us because he's obviously that sort, of piss, uh, that sort of person. Funniest thing was, he, he must not have much between his ears because he can't undo a very simple scout's knot where you just <laughs> tie it round and tighten the rope but you couldn't figure it out um so the steward asks us to move the flag just because he's kicking off about it so we oblige and we move the flag um and there has been a picture emerge from a photo from a photographer at crew and it shows woody having a words with the fans and it's this particular fan who's mouthing off back at woody which is like what are you doing you know what I mean? So it sort of raises the suspicion level about who actually threw it. You know what I mean? Like, again, I'm not going to speculate because mm. I don't actually know and I didn't see it. In all honesty, I thought the referee was complaining about his radio in his ear and something <laughs> was up with that because the way he was like fidgeting with his ears, it was like yeah. his radio that he's upset with, but apparently not. Um, the stewards have come out and told the cold crew and then they've told Rotherham that they did find a bottle top uh, on the side of the pitch near the advertising boards, which is interesting because in the little refreshment area, they were taking bottle caps off. So if you bought a bottle of Coke or water or whatever, you didn't get a cap with it. So he's obviously snuck mm. in a, a bottle, maybe with, with the intention to throw it. I'm not sure. But whoever has thrown it did have a bottle suspiciously on them with a cop, with a top on it. Um, there, was all, there was also chewing gum thrown at the linesman because I remember seeing it on the pitch. I thought initially it was a wet Walker's Crisp that's what I said to me, mate. He's like, is that, is that a crisp on the pitch? Who's throwing a crisp at the linesman? But no, it was chewing gum, apparently. Um, I don't know where people have got the coin rumour from, probably because it's like the standard thing, weirdly, that people throw. They throw like two peas that they've got in the pocket. Again, why? What's up with Um, But all I can say is at least we weren't fighting with each other. You know, that, that's the main yeah. difference to Fleetwood. It, it's, still not, it's still not right and it shouldn't happen at football matches. And I, and I echo what Mick said. If you can't behave yourselves at a football game, don't go. We don't want you here. You know what I mean? Mm. Times have changed since the 80s when they were scrapping with each other and it was just a different era of football. And even the people who were involved in the 80s have grown up since then. They've got families. They've stopped doing it. Um, so it's just 
in, at your age, you know what I mean? At your age, you are lads between the ages of 18 and probably like 30. At your age, you know what I mean? If you can't behave yourselves at a football game and you feel it's appropriate to throw something at a, an official because you disagree with the decision, what's up with you? Know. You, know what I mean? you know what I mean? Like, if you disagree with the decision, you can voice your your anger at him, which is what you what's like part and parcel of football. It's what you do, you scream at the referee because he's got a decision wrong. But to throw something at him, like what are you doing? Like yeah. grow up. Grow up at your age and if you can't, don't go. Go and support Chef Wednesday, they'll take you in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, people uh, again, this is an important point. People try to realise that it's a piece of chewing gum. But the matter of it's a piece of chewing gum. It doesn't matter what you've thrown. It's wrong. You shouldn't do it. The, the the punishment should still be the same whether you're throwing a chewing gum or a coin. It's moronic. It's stupid. Please stop doing it. Um, it's not trivial just because it's a piece of chewing gum. It's still very, it's a very serious incident. Uh, ben, anything to add before we move on? Not really. I mean, everything's been kind of said already, hasn't it? Yeah, it is. Let's move on. Um, some comments, and we've got a lot to cover tonight, and we've wasted 10 minutes on that. Um We've got transfers to cover. We've got potential transfers. We've got a review, a preview, all sorts of stuff to cover tonight. So let's crack on. We've got all oh, we've got with us: Arvid Kelly with us, George Hayes, Philip Rawlinson, uh, Donner's with us, uh, Russ Vernon's with us, Tom Brown, a Scottish Miller, on the, is, up with, is up with us. Um, a couple of fan, couple of comments from you guys just before we on the Instagram talk. We're talking about Rhys Medley, got to say whoever the idiot was should be banned for life. As you look at the fan who died at Fulham throwing anything, should be not about a foul. Puts puts things into perspective. The uh, incident at Fulham. So best wishes we should point out to their to their friends and family of the guy who passed away at Fulham. Uh, Dave Scrivens, the club needs to get their act together. Uh, act together. The police and the football club know who these people are. It's got nothing to do with drink. It's about them putting their noises up. Um, so look now. Uh, Chris Tether, what was actually what did Lana go off for? Mention on the comms, it was headache. It was just didn't give eye contact. Again, we don't know. Best guess, it, 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 when he came off, he was feeling his hamstring, weren't he? But we don't know. Uh, anyway, 13 minutes of, of that. <laughs> Let's move on. Come on. Right. Can we talk about back. actual football? <laughs> is, that, is that like a. It's like like a minute for the average age of the people involved in this. That, that kind of thing. Like, like, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Smith, Ben. Um, he scored. We're going to give him both goals because we probably will get both of them. That takes him on to twenty-one for the season, uh, and when obviously only just end of January now. Is uh, we've talked about him a lot, and I don't really know what else to add, Ben. That's more that can heap more praise on him. Because he's just brilliant. I think, yeah, I think he gets more praise when he scores, um, which I think is unjust because I think well, how he played yesterday is how he played everything. Every how he played yesterday is how he plays every game. People just want to, you know, praise him when he scores, but he does that every single game. For me, he's man of the, man of the match every single game, just because it's you know you kind of get used to him playing well. You don't see it as much. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah, mm. he's irreplaceable. In my opinion, he's he's so good. Just everything about him, you know what I mean? It's just he's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has two different goals as well, Mick. Uh well, I suppose they're not really two crosses. Two crosses that he's attacked differently, is I suppose what I'm trying to say. 
The first one, he's had to be very brave because the keeper's coming at him. Um, we, I saw a bit. Their keeper get a bit of bit of grief <coughs> for the first goal, but it was left high and dry by his defenders. Yeah. Smith got himself in a good position. The keepers had to do something, and Smith's just been quicker, and that, that's all it is. They've both been brave. Smith quicker. Off you go, one nil. Well, I mean, we said it on on, on, the, on the podcast on the preview, didn't we? You know that our, one of our best attacking moves is just kick it out for a goal kick. Um, and, and 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 along come crew and, and David Artel, I would suggest has probably got some questions to answer here because they've got two or three 19 year olds inexperienced 19 year olds playing in the back three and yet they still still insisted on playing it out from the back um, and within I don't know what, what was it seven ten eight minutes whatever it was when we scored mm. they're, they're already one nil down as a result of playing it out from the back but instead of changing that up they continue to do it. And it's like, I, 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 to quote Ben, I'm not a football manager. However, you know, we called this after after the, the pizza trophy game. They just continually do and And immediately that the keeper plays the ball along that six-yard box, they're, in, they're, they're under pressure. Hmm. It just, I mean, they got what they deserved as far as that's concerned. I mean, the disappointing part of it probably was that we didn't capitalise on that early goal. Um, the conditions obviously didn't help. Um, the, the, the wind was horrendous, and, and the, the playing surface, like we said again in the Peter Trophy, it, it were a bit of a ploughed plow field, weren't it? You know, so you couldn't really get, you couldn't really play any passes on the floor, and you certainly couldn't play anything in the air uh, to any sort of um, with any sort of accuracy. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a well worked, uh, a, a, a great, a good run. From Smithy, a good, you know, he positioned himself really, really well, um, and, and like you said, very brave. But uh, that's what you expect from a minute, you know. Yeah, it's, so yeah. It, it's it's kind of it's kind of a, 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 a centre forward version of Woody almost, isn't it? You know, he will put his head on it. It doesn't matter. Uh, but I'm with Ben. I mean, he's absolutely exceptional yesterday. There was, there was one time I don't know whether it was probably the first half where the, the goal kick came from uh, or the clearance came from Josh Vickers. Uh, right up to their 18-yard box, caught on the wind, uh, and Smithy just took it out of the air with his foot and just killed it dead, you know? It's an 80-yard pass, and he's just took it out of the air <laughs> like it, like like somebody was stood two two inches away from him. Um, yeah, he's got a fantastic touch for a big man, and, and, and he's, be, he's becoming more and more intelligent every game in, in the way that he plays. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just brilliant. Danny, mm. the second goal, again, was a very... It was a cross. We'll talk about how the foul came in a minute, but it was a different type of... He attacked it in a different way. The, the first one, he had to sort of wait for it, but be brave. The second one was just get at it, and he got at it, and he got his reward. Yeah, he <clears throat> did. Um, I was more or less banging line with where the free kick was taken from, and I have to give credit to... To Barlasser on the absolute whip of a free kick, it was the the, the way the ball moved in the air. It, it nearly defied physics. The way he's hit it, the curve on it, um, and then yeah, Smith's got his head on it again. And I think the reason the goal stood was because of how powerful his header was, because he's hit it hard enough to rebound off the keeper, um, rebound off the post, and then and then goes in. So if it's just a light tap with his head, the keeper would have saved it. But the sheer power of it is what carried it over the line and. You saw all the crew fans protesting that it wasn't in. It was. 
it, it was clearly over the line. And that's where the debate comes from. Is, is it an own goal from the goalkeeper? Um, I don't think it is because, you know, he's not really changing the direction of the ball. It's just like cannoned off him. Um, and the referee yeah, even said after the game, as well. he's given it. So for, yeah. He must have been on his line. So if it come, for, come from behind, it must have been past the line for him to hit him where it did for me. That's how I yeah. sort of read it. Yeah, but referee said he's giving it to Smithy, so that's 21 Smith for the season, which is incredible for Smudge. Fair play to him, and if we go up this season, I reckon he'll sign a new contract easily. Wouldn't surprise me. Um, if anybody's keeping track of his, his, his tally to get to the Alan Shearer's shirt, he's only on 18 because they're not counting Papa John's towards the 25. Um, so it's still a way to go on that one, to be fair. Um, he's only... <laughs> <laughs> I think it takes up to 56 goals for Rodney United in total. Um, 56 goals, yeah, which is which is not mm. far off. At the minute, Adam LaFondre is our top scorer of the 21st century, 58. Uh, Smith is going to become our top scorer of the 21st century, which I know it's taken longer to do. But that record in itself, that's an amazing record when he gets there, because it is when. It's not an if, it's a when. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, John, uh, John Morrell, Birmingham fan, who's... Not having the best weekend, but hauling Birmingham. Anyway, um, is Smith becoming the League One? Jukovic concerns some. Someone might come in for him tomorrow. It appears a few Championship clubs looking for forwards on the deadline. Uh, Polygory, uh, Ian Bradley says no chance. John, how much would it cost to take pay attention to the promotion? Don London also. There's no way one would let him go. I think that's the thing, Danny Ben. Ben, I'll, I'll go you on this one, Ben. Um, why would? In what circumstances would we sell Michael Smith? Yeah, I can't see it happening. Can you? No, because he's irreplaceable. There's no one in the football league, in my opinion, that I've seen anywhere that comes mm. even close to him, um, or doing in doing what he does. Um, obviously, you've got like you know, like Vardy and that were better than him, but they're completely different players. So, mm. to, to to what he does and what he brings to a team is irreplaceable. So yeah, it would have to be ten million millions. Yeah, it, yeah, it would have millions. to be ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous money for even to think about it. Because, like I said, he's irreplaceable. I don't think anyone will come in for him. Hmm. I don't see why he'd want to leave. They might, they might sort they might of inquire, bring but... up and stare. Yeah, at this point in the season, I don't see why he'd want to leave. I, he looks happy. Um, I think if we, I think if we stay, obviously if we don't get promoted, I think he'll, he'll go. But I don't. At this point in the season, I don't see why he'd want to go. I don't see. What had interest him about leaving? Not for anyone in the club. I don't think it'd suit anybody. Um, so, no. yeah, I don't see him moving. Yeah. Yeah. And there, Chris Taylor also points out, we mentioned this a few weeks ago. The other thing with Smudge is that he's hardly out injured. I know. Touch all you would. Touch, Chris, touch the touch wood. Um, but he really is now injured. He missed a game a few weeks ago, didn't he? Was that the first game since he came to the club that he'd not been in the squad or something like that? He's mm. just. Clearly, one of the fittest guys out there. Uh, and like I said, it would take crazy, genuinely crazy money to, to, to take him this window. Uh, and to be fair, I think he knows that, doesn't he? So, yeah. Um, and there was put, a last line. On it. Sorry about that. Just to put a, uh, a number on what it would take to get Smith out, you're talking probably six million plus. You know, like yeah. you're talking promotion compensation money. Yeah. So, if if a club comes in and pays us like six million for Smith, I don't think we'd say no. But That's is fair. someone going to pay six million for Michael Smith? No, they're not. So no. we're just sat cushy with him, and 
Um, <clears throat> Tony Stewart said he's, he's just not going to sell him unless it is really crazy money. He said that with all of our key players, like oh, Benny Barlasser, um, <clears throat> defenders as well. So it's just he's, he's not going anywhere. And I'll put money on that. If I was a betting man, I'd put money on that. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and it's the, the Paul Davis match report that came out to the last line of that, where Michael Smith sat at the end of the game just FaceTiming his two-year-old daughter. It's just beautiful. And that, that that's the type of season he's having. Everything around him is brilliant. I just such love for Michael Smith. Um, yeah, love the guy. Um, another guy we all love, and we love him. Every other left-back in the division hates him. Um, <laughs> it's Chio Benny. Now, I watched a bit I, I watched a bit back today with the crew commentary on. Um, and you might have you won't have seen this, Danny. The the commentator, the co-commentator, said that the defender should have tried harder to stop stop Chio. And I was wondered if you could think of any way that he could have tried harder to not foul him because I can't. Well, you say, you say try harder to stop Chio. Um, I mean, he could have broke his leg. That would have, that would have stopped him, wouldn't it? Oh well, yeah, exactly. Um, but in terms of. The, the player that was that was like on Chio marking him uh, is a young lad called Scott Robertson, who might be a relation of old boy Clark Robertson, might be his younger brother or something. It might not be, I'm not sure. But anyway, they're both they're both from the Celtic ranks. Um, but yeah, he had a torrid time dealing with Chio. Bless him, I really do feel for him. Mm. Um, the, the first challenge was he left a leg in and Chio went over it. Um, second challenge that were blatant blatant attempt to try and stop Gio because he knew he got past him and he's gone down and he's been sent off. He, he made a claim that he won the ball, which he clearly didn't. Um, but the thing is, Gio got the, the left-back a yellow card in the first half as well that had to go off injured and then got his replacement sent off in the second half. I mean, I say in the vlog, it's, it's episode six or whatever it is of Gio terrifying left-backs. He's, he's made a name for himself doing it now. Um, and it's, it's just his sheer turn of pace. His turn of pace can win us, win us a key free kick in that area. I mean, I mean people have a go at Chio for his crossing, but if you've got the ability to draw a foul like he does, sometimes it goes down a little bit easy, I will admit. But to have the ability and the pace to just terrify people on that left side, you're going to draw two men onto you anyway. So Chio is a good winger in the aspect that he draws players out to him, which then leaves a gap, which then someone can nip into, etc., etc. Well, yeah, I really do feel for Scott Robertson, bless him, being sent off. Poor, poor man Should. was not was not was not was not briefed on the task at hand and <laughs> failed. Bless him. <laughs> yeah, should have tried harder. That's all I've got to say for you. Scott <laughs> should have just tried harder. <laughs> and we talked about this. Yeah, you talked about you this. Know, go on, oh, go on, mate. Uh, you say like he should have tried harder, but I can I can somewhat I understand it because he's, I know, but he. He's clearly not pepped for him. Obviously, clearly not pepped for him. Not the not the starting left back of, and him who came, ever came on and got sent off. They've clearly not pepped for him at all. Yeah, but that's down to so the management team. I know, it, no, it, he's it, not. Oh, give me, oh, give it a rest. <laughs> give it a rest. It's down to the management team. Oh, give it a rest, mate. It's down to the player. You want to be playing every Saturday, you need to prep. <laughs> he, he, he wasn't meant to be starting. 
And as a left wing, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be signed. Uh, oh, right. Game, oh, right. I'm, I'm not benching. I'm not going to prep. I'm not going to prep because I might never come on. So, it's, do you know what I mean? His natural position yeah, is a midfielder. So, he was probably Even briefly start, a different task. The starter yeah, then got booked straight away. They had a striker's right wing back and a midfielder's left wing back. So, it's not, he, wasn't, he wasn't meant to come up against Chio. The starter then. He should have. He didn't prep himself either well. because he got booked at first, whatever it was. I th- yeah. The thing is with Chio, yeah, he's a, I think he's a very good player. I think if he comes up against someone who is as, as athletic as he is, I think he's going to really struggle. I think he is I, sort of a one-trick pony. I, I disagree. I, th- I, I, think, I think the good thing with Chio is he isn't a one-trick pony. He, and he showed that in the first half. And I think he does this on purpose. Early on in the game, he'll try to come in on his left foot very early on in the game. Because it just puts that seed of that. Oh, he's unlikely to score with his left foot, but it just puts that seed in the defender's mind that you know what well, this guy ain't a one-trick pony. You can come in the side as well, and he's not afraid. He will put across him, but he's also quite happy to stay out wide and play it back inside. He's happy to take the man on. For me, Chu is is not a one-trick pony. It, it can look like he is, and I see where you're coming from because he is amazing at what he does. But he is he can do those other things as well that make him. Very difficult to play against for me. I think what you've got with Chio is when, when we when he first came to us, <clears throat> uh, there was possibly an argument to say that Ben's right in that you know he, he, he hugged that touchline, he got out wide, he beat players for pace, and that essentially was Chio when he came. However, over the period that he's been with us, he has started adding other things to his game, as you've quite rightly said there, Matt. You know, it, it, it can it can drop back and, and bring bring other players in. It can cut inside. It can beat players for pace. You know, it can play those tricky little one twos, a la Ipswich game on on the edge of the box. You know, he's, he's adding these other things into his game as he develops as a player. So, you know, I, I don't think he is a one trick pony by any stretch of the imagination. I think he probably was, but I think he's developing into what will be. I have absolutely no doubt what will be a multi-million pound footballer. There's no question about that. Uh, if he continues mm-hmm. to develop at the rate that he is, uh, and it's obviously his pace is the, is the big thing, but he has got that ability on the ball as well and off the ball. Mm. Yeah, no, he has. I think it's the fourth player he's helped get sent off this season or something like that. Uh, and as S64 Miller mentions, it was very kind of Ollie Rathbone to help Robinson off the pitch at the, after he got sent off. Uh, <laughs> <kind of laughs> yeah, um, it was good though, Ben, because I thought what, what Chio did mixes off the ball. We changed the press yesterday because of how crew were trying to play out from the back. Uh, like, I don't understand why we put Chio as the as the high press from goal kicks. Smith sort of sat back a little bit, but Chio was the man. I had to go, go close on the keeper, so Chio's happy to do these all these other little jobs as well, aren't they? I think it's really good. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want, isn't it? Uh, just doing what the manager says. Obviously, he's quick enough to press. And he clearly worked. Uh, clearly worked because, like you said, no point having it's an attack. Happened on, it's happened in NFL. Uh, well, someone's just dropped a, uh, a touchdown pass. But that, I'm, I'm speaking. I'm not focused on that. <laughs> someone's just dropped a pass in the end of the day. But... <laughs> but um, Oh, you've been I've dropped a pass. Uh oh, but things. Yeah. Oh. Um, but um, yeah. Uh, oh, Do you want to turn this into a, a watch along for championship you made me, game? You made, me, you made me lose my turn. I was saying he's quick enough to press, and it obviously worked. And when you've got a player who does 
what the manager wants constantly. It's uh, especially a player of that quality when one of your best players is doing whatever the manager says. You know, it kind of sets that example. So mm-hmm. it is good. Yeah, very good. Agreed. Yeah. Um, well, big started, Mick. He didn't obviously didn't get ninety minutes because why would he? Um, but he did well. <laughs> uh, it, was, it, it was it was very very unlucky with the one that hit the bar. It was completely off balance. He did yeah. well for me. He did well to get his head on it. Uh, mm. I think I know. Fine, he didn't score, but he's done. He's done for me. It's just about enough to start again on Tuesday. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, he's got a lot to give still as will Grig. Uh, a lot to contribute to this team, even if he doesn't do that in the form of goals. You know, he's vastly experienced. Um, and he works hard. He presses. He gets involved heavily. Get heavily involved in the press. Um, you know, and and play. And, and defenders are going to be drawn to him. First of all, because of who he is, um, you know that he's got a reputation as being a goal scorer. It causes problems, and what he does do is what Chio does up to a degree. He creates space for other players. Um, so it's just as far as Will Griggs concerned, if he adds goals to his game for us, that would be an unbelievable bonus. But what he does at the moment, and, and what he brings to the team at the moment, is enough for me. You know, I'd be I'd be happy if he doesn't. Well, obviously, I'd like him to score many times this season. However, if he continues to do what he does, he's just creating opportunities and space for other players to, uh, to, 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 you know, to, to, to score. So I'll, <clears throat> I talked myself into a corner there, didn't I? <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, we're missing goals, Danny, and I, we won 2-0 and Michael Smith's getting the goals. The concern for me is the goals have dried up a bit everywhere else. Wiles has stopped scoring. Balas has not scored this month, I don't think. Rathbone doesn't score many anyway. The goals are not coming from the wing-backs. We could have won the game 4 or 5 nil yesterday. And based on how dominant, we weren't amazing, but we were dominant in the second half, it's maybe a slight concern that everybody else seems to have stopped, stopped scoring a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, to a point. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's not like we're we've gone from winning games to drawing games nil nil or losing mm. them without scoring. Well, okay, we've lost two since um, since early December that where we've not scored. But for me, it's it's more of a we're in the right positions, but it's just one of them strange turns in football where it just won't go in. You know what I mean? Like right with Grig uh, on another day is. <clears throat> He might hit it like slightly on one more side of his head and it goes in instead of carrying off the bar. Um, Smith might have got a hat trick, Wales might have connected with got a hat trick, yeah. <laughs> it's just it's, it is, it's ifs and maybes in football, but I think because we're still winning games, it's not that much of a concern because it's that whole thing of we find a way to do it, whether that's Michael Smith scoring two headers or someone just poking it in of a line in whatever minute it is. Um, have all the players drying up with goals is a concern. Yeah, maybe with Wales, but we seem to not be shooting from distance as much as we were before. However, I have noticed Chio is having a crack at goal more often these days. He's sort of got that little bit of confidence about him, so we could see Chio score soon because he sort of works himself into space on the edge of the eighteen yard box and has a go. Same with Ferguson. Ferguson's shooting a bit more too. He nearly scored. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's not through lack of trying, it's just through lack of luck, I think, with everybody else. But in terms of Michael Smith, there's no need to worry about him. He has a slightly off patch and he comes back and he only scores three goals in two games. So, <laughs> Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the bad news, and it is pretty bad news in terms of injury. Um, we've got a few people mention it. Uh, where are we? Jay, boy, have you seen the reports of Reg? Seems like he's out for a while. One only looking for a replacement, which is interesting. Um, so if you've missed this, it's only come out today. I think I didn't see anything yesterday. I think it's only come out today that Reg looks like he's done his hamstring. Um, now, bearing in mind we're only a day after the game, the scan will probably be done Monday for the full in-depth length of how bad it is. But by the sounds of it, it's a fairly bad one. Um, that's a blow, that Ben. Um, Reg has been very, very good, and well, hamstring can be anything from two to three months, really, depending on the, how bad it is. And it's a massive blow again losing Reg for any period of that time. Yeah, it is a big blow, but you know, you've got Harding, so it's not not the biggest blow. I mean, he was Harding was good yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, Harding was on, good yeah. yesterday when he came on. Yeah, um, he was good. Um, yeah, go on, yeah, week played, before. Yeah, when he started against uh, Cheltenham. Um, Cheltenham. He was good against Cheltenham. Mm-hmm. Very good against Cheltenham. Um, it's not a bad... Uh, what's it called? It's not the end of the world. Because he, Harding played nearly every game last year, if I'm not mistaken. And he was good. Solid. And that was in the Championship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's not the end of the world. Obviously, Reg brings something different. Uh yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? Um, hopefully, it's not out mm. for too long. Um, but yeah, yeah, you got you got to bear in mind we've got Angus back any time now. Really, he's been he's been in the been in the squad for a month or so. Um, mm. So maybe he's not fully match fit. But if if we now needed him, he is available to come in, um, which is good. I, I would be surprised if we went out and got a replacement in. Very surprised because I think we've got the depth anyway. Um, mm. Mick, do you think we need somebody else to cover that? Or, 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 we've got a Dolphin can play there as well. I think Bowler maybe as well. We've got the perfect replacement for Reg in, in Wes Harding. Uh, for me, there's nothing to choose between them. And I know a lot of people will probably so disagree. But... Harding's, Harding's can't do half of what Reg does attacking. Okay. Fair enough. I don't agree. Harding, Harding doesn't bring you anything attackingly, in my opinion. He can cross the ball every now and then, every now and again. But you see Reg every game popping up in attacking. Reg situation. did do an assist yesterday to her. Uh, and Hardy scored uh, on Tuesday. Hardy scored on Tuesday. <laughs> Just saying, I mean, you know, you know. I, I, I listen. It's it's all about opinions, isn't it? You know, Reg is a fabulous player. There's, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Um, and just personally, and I guess I'm a bit biased because I really like Wes Harding as a player. I, I'm not convinced he gives us a massive amount more than, than Wes does. That's my view. Um, maybe he will develop into a better player. Uh, it will Clearly, he will develop into a better player yeah. than he is already, you know. Uh, and, it, and he will go far. But as things stand at the moment, as far as we're concerned, there is no need to panic because Wes Harding just comes straight back in. He slots in there like he's never been away, like he did on Tuesday night at Pizza Cup, like he did against Cheltenham, like he did uh, like he did yesterday when he came on at Crew on Saturday when he came on at Crew. So, yeah, not a problem for me, that. Not a problem. And as you said, Matt, we've got we've got Angus coming back, you know. He might not be match fit yet, but it will be. We've got we've got cover there. We've got Joe Matic as well, who, albeit he had a oh, yeah, poor game right. the other night, you know, he, he's, he's more than comfortable 
playing in that position. So now that that is not a concern at the moment. It's, it's sad for Reg, but you know, whatever. We've got Wes Harding. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, absolutely. Uh, we've got the global Millers. Chris Nichols is joining us from Australia. Um, let's talk about yesterday's other results. Um, Sunderland. Well, I'm disappointed in this yeah. one because Sunderland lost. We all want Sunderland to lose because obviously our rivals. What I am disappointed on is that Spalton have taken our mantle of being Sunderland's worst defeat ever in the history of Sunderland Football Club. I'm really disappointed they've taken that off us. Um, but it has resulted in the big club of Sunderland sacking their not-so-big manager, Lee Johnson, <laughs> today. Um, I don't understand this. It baffles me. I, it really does baffle me. Baffle you? Because the third in the league. And it, for me, Bielsa's lost 7-0 before, multiple times. But it's Sunderland. So, well, but Bielsa, it's the exact same thing. Bielsa loved a good 7-0 beat, but he's still a very good manager. You can't no, I'm not complaining. Bielsa is one of the best managers in the world. No, Bielsa is one of the best managers in the world. It's the same situation, though. It's not little, the same Lee Johnson, yeah, little Lee Johnson. Little Lee Johnson had Sunderland on top of the league a couple of weeks ago or a week ago. Am I Lee wrong? Johnson is one of the most overrated managers in the EFL. Uh, For me, played, I, I have. I, well, look at what he's done. Tell me what he's done. You played under him. I'm sure you'll sit here quietly making listen to him. Yeah, well. <laughs> you played under him. You can't say, you say <laughs> When I say overrated, I mean he has achieved nothing in football as a manager. He took Barnsley okay. from the bottom of, of, of League One and ran off before we could get them anywhere near promotion. He went to Bristol City and undertook one of the mo- one of their heaviest investment in players in Bristol City history and couldn't even make the playoffs. He's then come to Sunderland, one of the best-backed clubs in financially in this division, and he's getting spanked on a semi-regular basis by us, who are a very good team, Bolton, who are not a very good team. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Let me just oh, stop you there. Sorry, Ian Evans. If Ian Evans <laughs> listening, sorry. They are the best team in League One. It sounds like I've got a vendetta against him, but I just do not rate him as a manager. <laughs> you just don't like and him. It's just something about him, isn't there? It's just, I don't know what it is. He, he, he rates himself. He's he's the most, he's got one of the biggest little man syndromes that's ever, I've ever seen. Um... And that's my worry, Danny, that I don't rate him as a manager. He's very streaky, and that's why he struggles to get teams promoted. If they nail this appointment, whatever it may be, that could put them back in contention. Yeah, it could do, or it could make them finish outside the playoffs. <clears throat> it's, one of, it's one of them things now where they'll either get new manager bounce or they'll just fall apart. And the thing is, they've done it right before the end of the transfer window. And every player that yes. they've signed before that is a Lee Johnson player. I think, I think the funniest thing is then you're signing uh, Danny Barth. I think that's how you say it. Uh, he scored an own goal against Bolton as well. So, <laughs> well done, mate. Um, but, yeah, I see where you're coming from with Lee Johnson. I, I think the Sunderland board have probably panic-sacked him, which I don't mm. really... I, I, I sort of understand. Like, generally, you, you sack someone after you've lost 6-0. To a team that's nowhere near you in the league. But like you said, Sunderland have had a pasting off a few teams this season. There's Ulls, Bolton and Portsmouth that have scored more than four past them. And I think the only other two teams to hit six goals in League One level, if you like, is Ulls against Donny in the EFL Trophy and then Ipswich against Donny. 
and now the other one's Bolton against Sunderland, which I think no one would expect in this division. We all, we all expected now that Sunderland cracked on a little bit and got to the top of the league. Granted, it was a fluff for ourselves that got them there. Um, you would have thought they would have cracked on a little bit, but to have that sort of peak and then lose 6-0 to Bolton, I think it's making a habit of it from Lee Johnson. Like He'll, he'll win manager of the month and then lose heavily. Um, he'll then go on a little run and then lose heavily. And I think maybe the, the ball's just had enough of it now. Um, but now, I think um, a lot of Sunderland fans are out uh, out for blood with Lee Johnson. But I don't think a lot of them expected the sacking. Hmm. No, they probably didn't. Um, a Trump rail, he once impressed Pep with a PowerPoint presentation, so he must have achieved something. Yeah. Are we sure he did the PowerPoint presentation and not oh, just stuck his name question. on the opening slide like we used to do in school? Um, <laughs> the presentation by Daniel Dunglades. Well, I didn't do this, my mum did, but anyway, moving on. <laughs> yeah, Gra- Graham Falker from the What the Fuck podcast that we spoke to all the season referred to Lee Johnson as a LinkedIn manager. Because of the phrase and that, that, that a PowerPoint presentation just fits into it, doesn't it? Um, in contention, Adrak says here in contention, Matt, they're in third place. Yes, they are in third place, but they're in third place, one point behind a team with four games in hand, and what two points behind another team with two games in hand. Yes, points on the board and everything like that. At the minute, they're not in contention. It's going to take work and a turnaround from us or Wigan. It's going to take a turnaround for them to come back into contention for me. Um, I don't know. Make anything to add on Sunderland? Uh, Sunderland appear to me to be a club that are run by knee-jerk reactions. You know, that's that. I'm looking from the outside, so obviously I can't speak for sort of, you know, any sort with any sort of authority. But it just feels like, as a supporter of another club, that they they are, you know, if something goes wrong, they'll do something about it. If that makes sense, you know. So they weren't scoring goals, so they spent four million quid in league one on a striker, or then didn't play. You know, they lose Five six million. nil, so they sack manager and, and and so on and so forth. I, I, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but you know they, they'll go big. I'm sure when they when they try to appoint another manager, which will be another knee jerk reaction. You know, somebody who's going to save them from from not going up again. Um, or probably won't. Because they haven't got time, you know. We've got less, less than I don't know. We're, we're, we're way over halfway through the season already. You know, you can't just expect a manager to come in mm. and turn it around. They may do, but it's a, it, well, no. That's unfair. Three months left at season. A manager should come in and win every single game. Yeah, a manager should come in and win every <laughs> single game straight away. They, 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 you can't give him time. No. Yeah, you can't give him time. That's not fair. No, 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 no. Managers don't. Need time. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you, uh, there's a vacancy on Sutherland board, Ben. You are just the man for it. Put a PowerPoint <laughs> together and we'll see how you go. <laughs> uh, Carl Scott with another one. Wouldn't surprise, wouldn't surprise if he wore not going, said he wants a few games. And John Morrell with the one that scares me a little bit. People like Big Mick and Gary Monk. Big Mick is, a bit, I think, is very popular at Sutherland with the promotion last time. I think I think it got promoted before. Um, he'd do a good job. Those two names are two people, Warnock and Mick McCarthy, who think, yeah, they make sense. So it's unlikely that Sunderland will bring them in. Um, but anyway, um, Wigan drew Cheltenham. Cheltenham's a big favour. Must have been a different Cheltenham that turned up at New York last weekend because they, they were poor at times last weekend. So that's a really good result for them. Um, Wickham lost to MK Dons, which puts MK Dons above them. 
um, some unsavoury moments in the game. I understand from the MK Dons fans towards Aki Fenrir and Gareth Ainsworth. So obviously we uh, stand against those nonsense. I was going to use another N-word then, but I won't. Uh, people in the MK Dons end, so stop it. If you've been an idiot at football, just stop it. Um, transfer, we'll finish off on a couple of transfer bits before we talk about the South Yorkshire derby. Um, the big news that dropped on Friday, Danny. Friday, where are we? Yep, Friday. Georgie Kelly has been officially announced. Uh, we all yeah. we talked about the podcast, it was there, it was done, but it's been officially announced. Uh, we'll be ready for a, probably a two to three weeks, maybe even longer than that. But on paper, it's a really good signing. Yeah, it is. It's definitely uh, an investment in the future for him as well. Three and a half year deal. Um, similar sort of player to Smith in terms of being that target front man who can hold up the ball really well. Um, so that will complement Michael Smith as well. Like um, if he does need to come off injury or just to save him for a few minutes for a Tuesday or whatever, when we've got same option, if you like. Um, it does beg the question of what's happening with Ladipo. Uh, because it's my understanding that he was more or less had pen on the paper for signing for Plymouth. And when we went, no, no, here's a different contract. And he's gone, yes, I'll sign that one instead. Um, so we have sniped Plymouth out of signing Georgie Kelly. Uh, but I do want to say to Will Daniels, who submitted some sort of player report to some official at the club back in October about him. So all credit to this signing has to go to Will Daniels. Bravo. You know, Absolutely. And, all, and, all, and, all, and all credit to me as well for finding out that it was coming to Rotherham because he followed us on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, so if you want to find someone to congratulate about signing Georgie Kelly, Will Daniels is your first protocol, and then it's me. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if, you ever, if you ever wonder if, how influential this podcast is, you know, that's it. You know what I mean? We've got yeah. two guys. We have them on here, so. <laughs> you want Rotherham news, this is the place to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he will take the number 12 shirt. Um, ben, it's difficult because obviously the League of Ireland, we don't know the standard. You call it some your league standard. We now know. I was joking. I was joking. But it is a step up. What Paul, Paul Warren said it. It is a step up. And it's going to take him time, even if he's not match fit now. And when he is match fit, it's still going to take him time to adjust to the levels and physicality of, the, of English football. Yeah. I mean, I. Yeah, I don't think he's a, he's a player that's going to come in and play every game. Uh, I At the minute, anyway, uh, I think he's kind of going to be a backup for, for the near future, anyway. Uh, so, that will give him time to get used to it, especially in training. Yeah, it's going to take him time. It, it takes time to adapt, but, you know, we can't... I don't want to still be saying this in a year's time that, you know, we need to yeah. give him time. Uh, but yeah, I don't think he'll play straight away. I don't think he'll be that kind of guy. It'd be good if he makes more than five appearances this season. Um, but I don't see where he fits into the team at the minute. Starting. Well, he takes Freddie's place on bench. Yeah. <laughs> when when he's fit, when he's fit, if you're not going to play Freddie, which he clearly doesn't want to, stick Freddie. If 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 this all these are all big ifs and buts. Mm. Stick Freddie not not on bench and put Kelly on bench as when we need him because he wants to be here. Yeah. Now again, there's lots of moving parts to what I've just said, but that's what that's how I see it. Um, make any thoughts on the? It's exciting to sign a player who scores goals. 
signing players really exciting. Signing strikers is more exciting. Scoring a striker who's just come from a club where he scored a hatful of goals is really, really exciting as a fan. I for me, isn't it? Well, I mean, he comes with a big reputation, doesn't he? I think, was it 22, and eight, 22 goals in 18 games, something like that, in League of Ireland? Mm. Well, yeah. well, Ben says it's not it's not League One level, but um, I'm, I'm getting my stuff ready to throw at him if he doesn't score that trick in his first game. I've got some, I've got my chewing gum all lined up already. Because um, <laughs> it's just not acceptable, that. No, I mean, what, what, what Ben said there, you know, we don't want to be saying he's, he's one for the future in a year's time. He said that we were saying that about Michael Smith. You know, he'd been here a year, and he were like, mm, "Well, should, you know, is he is he going to develop? Is he going to get any better? Is he just going to be that big man up front?" And it took him time to to get to the level he's at now. So we'll see. It's a good listen. I trust this recruitment team. They have not made that I can think of. We're possibly, and I guess I'm being a bit harsh here, bearing in mind the number of goals he's scored, with the exception of Freddie. Is they've 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 hit it hit the nail on the head in terms of work rate yeah you know in terms of players that come in and fit into that, that maybe sort tilt of as well if we're being critical tilt as well uh, possibly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take that one Flojo. other than that <laughs> say again Flojo, Josephson, George Hurst anyway like I was saying <laughs> if we ignore last I, season I, I'm pleased to see him here yeah, all right. They've, they've, they've made a few mistakes, but but the gems they've that made they Michael have found, Smith. Yeah, I know. Yeah, the, the, the gems that they have found and Volks and Ajay, Rathbone, Ajay, Volks. Well, Volks were were a previous one too. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, wow. Wes Ardin, Victor Johansson. Uh, the, the list goes on and on and on. You know, it, it, so, it does. It does seem that with this recruitment team, when they sign a player permanently. They are always a lot better than players we get in on loan. I think Reg is the only recent exception to that because we've brought Flojo in on on loan, Hurst in on loan, uh, Lewis mm, Lewis went to a point, and you've got what was that lad called? We had on loan from Rangers. Um, oh, Jake oh, Hasty. Yeah. Yes, yeah. With with the loan players, they seem to be the exception to the work rate like rule, if you like. But whenever we get a player in on a permanent, they always knuckle down and. And go and go get it, like we've seen that with Smith, uh, Ogbeni, Victor, um, who else? Harding as well, uh, Bar Barlassa, uh, Rathburn, Lindsay, uh, Miller. All all of them have knuckled down and put the graft in to try and improve as players, and they have done. Um, so yeah, I think that's uh, overall probably why uh, Georgie Kelly signed for us because he know he knows our track record and we can improve him. But I also think there is a little slight underlying thing that may have tempted him is that we have the number 12 av- uh, shirt available and Plymouth don't. So that might have turned yeah. his head even more. I got to the contract and gone, why if we get him on the podcast, we'll ask about it. So if Sam Todd's watching uh, or he, he watches this in future, <laughs> Georgie Kelly hit me and just go, yeah, podcast lads want to speak to you. Why have you got the number 12 shirt? Um, yeah. but that's the thing with football. It could be as simple as we've got the number 12 shirt and Plymouth don't it's like their retired fan number, like all the 12th man mm. sort of thing. Um, it could really? be as simple as yeah, they've retired it. It's their mascot who wears the number 12 shirt for the fans because they're the 12th man. Um, I think it as well, hmm. I think. Yeah, but oddly enough, the last player to wear the number 12 shirt in an outfield position was Stephen Kelly. No relation, but was it really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lewis Price wore it in goal, but the last outfield player was Stephen Kelly. 
was also Irish, which is quite odd, but anyway. <laughs> That's brilliant. Um, so, and then tomorrow on Monday, the rumour are, and it's it sounds pretty pretty solid, uh, Jordi Osai Tutu is expected to sign on low from Arsenal. He is a right-back. Um, right, also will put him as a right-wing-back. He has had loans at VFL Bochum in the Bundesliga 2. He was on loan at Cardiff in 2020-21 and at Forest last season, but only played 12 games combined in the Championship. So I don't know what to expect. If he's at Arsenal, he must be a decent player. There must be something about him. Um, but essentially, he's going to be back up to Chio. So even if he turns out to be a bit rubbish, it just takes the pressure off Chio a little bit. Danny, do you know anything much about this guy? I've, I've, I've looked and not seen a great deal. Um, he has had, <clears throat> excuse me, he has had a bit of a torrid time with injuries, um, which is why Warren's comments about this loan signing being done and sorted, but it won't be here for another week, does probably confirm it's um, Jordy. Um, just, it, it, it's um, it, he took the injury at Forest and they cut his loan short to focus on his rehabilitation. Um, so it's good that they're focusing on that before sending him to us because we don't want like a, an injured player just filling up a team, do we? But yeah, like you say, probably going to be back up to Chio. Takes the pressure off Chio a little bit because I think Chio is slightly worried about getting injured long term now because he's had it before and he is getting chopped down in challenges quite often because I've seen him back out of crunch challenges probably because he, he knows that there's no like, pacey backup in that in his position. We have got Harding, yes, but not like a a Chio level pace uh, sort of player, but apparently from what I've heard, he is a very quick right-sided player, uh, which would be great backup. So if Chio needs to be rested for like a Tuesday game or he's picked up a knock or something, we have got adequate cover coming in, which is great. The one thing I have seen is that going back to the potential incoming for Reg, is people worrying about us panic buying a defender. I can't see us panic buying anybody. The one exception might be the lad who's just been... Um, released from Ipswich because so we've been after him so for John quite Nolan. a little bit. Yeah, we were after him in the summer, I think. Right. Um, but I can't see his panic panic buying anybody. We've got Ang, like we said before, Angus is coming back, Harding can play there. Um, so it might end up being a quiet final day for us, which is great for me because I can just sit and having cups of tea without having to write anything down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah, as Josh Smith mentioned here, side two to expect to sign tomorrow. <coughs> Ian Bradley with us, David Gwyther. 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 Was he Welsh? I don't know. But I have no idea. I, I oh, would, it's got to be. I would, possibly. Possibly. Anywhere there's, there's no other, there's no other country that puts no other country that puts G, W and Y consecutively in a word. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. That's I love true. that. It might have been, but it was, it was a bit of a monster. I remember David got either. Yeah. Absolutely. Unbelievable. Shockingly, as Welsh. Um, wow. Yeah. Good player. Good player. Um, yeah. Ian Bradley mentions the, the number crooks on 25. That's a big thing for him as well, obviously. Well. Mm. Um, but the great work he's doing for the John Sinnott Foundation. John Morell, retiring shirts, how pathetic. <laughs> Um, Ian Bradley, the best number 12 in the Rotherham shirt was Stuart Talbot, a fantastic midfielder back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, so yeah, that's just about any transfer stuff we've got for now. If we remember anything over the next 10 minutes, we will talk about it. 
But I think that's it for now, roughly. Um, are, you saying, are you telling me Iniesta's not coming then? Uh, I do, it, it, is he not managing now? Is that Chandler? I, I, no, it's I, I, thought he, I thought he was coming to play for us. I thought Iniesta was retired. Yeah, I, I thought he was coming to us. Sorry, there was a rumour that he was starting. They were coming for us. I, I started rumour, anyway. obviously, but. Let's uh, let's move on to Doncaster Rovers. Um, a few bits of uh, business I need to get out of the way in this one. So, Russ Vernon with this information. Thank you, Russ, for letting me know. I'm going to pass this information on. Anybody not going, it's not on iFollow. Even though it's a Tuesday night game, the game is not on iFollow. You can't pay your £10 to watch this. From my understanding is it was a Saturday afternoon game, which obviously means you can't watch it. When it gets moved to a Tuesday, it's the home team's decision whether it's an iFollow or not. And apparently Donny have decided it's not going to be an iFollow. So it's Donny trying to get more fans in. Right, OK. Yes. But apparently we did this to Lincoln. When we were meant to play Lincoln on, on that Tuesday night, we decided not to put an iFollow. Uh, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it, but that's just one of those things. Um, mm. And referee is Scott Oldham. He last refereed us away at Charlton. Uh, he was the man that should have sent Icky off, really, for the second yellow. Yeah. We've just, I know, I understand that we've finished the review of the crew game, but I have two Go points on. to make. <laughs> I have two points yeah. to make, and I have to say this. I'm sorry, I should have mentioned it earlier. Michael Ehekwe gets booked. There is no way on this earth, in any universe, ever is that a booking or a foul. <laughs> no way on this earth. The ball that Michael Ehekwe won had already landed in the other half of the pitch before there were any contact between the yeah. two players. It, it absolutely, it's so early on the ball. That is not a foul. That was a shocking decision. And to book him as well was just bizarre. And secondly, if, if that foul on Michael Smith in the second half is not a penalty... I have never, I do not under, I no longer understand the rules of football because it absolutely yeah, cleaned well. both legs out <laughs> and they'd gone nowhere near the ball and, and he just played away and play on. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable, that, Jeff. The Smith one was one of them where you, where you just, you, where you see it and you just assume he's going to give a penalty because he kicked him up in air. It's a penalty. And then he didn't give it. I, 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 I'm still amazed about that, to be honest with you. Still amazed. Well, uh, John Morell, again, was it the referee ward? Or did you <laughs> <ask him before>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Finish us in Gavin uh, Ward's instance on Friday. Watch uh, Richard, uh, and watch the Richard Wood podcast because, uh, make we know. Ah, <laughs> uh, listen, you, you uh, got in trouble for those comments, but anyway. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> All Gavin Ward did on Friday was proved exactly the point that I've made about him every time we've talked about him. Come on, we've, not, we've, we've gone an hour long already. Bring it back to move on, move on. Um, so a couple of stats, which again, Mick, you'll you'll enjoy these. Love um, these. We have never won in the league at the Keep Moat, even though it's not called the Keep Moat anymore. Um, anyway, uh, we obviously won this called season. The Eco, Eco something or other, isn't it? Yeah, some some not. We've never won in the league at Keepmo. That's right. What? Good, good it's only been up in two weeks. <laughs> oh <laughs> no, and we drew, didn't we? We drew when we, we drew scored in last minute, didn't we? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Great moment. Um, yeah. And we haven't won in Doncaster since 1997, again in the league. 
Uh, that was a 3-0 victory. Uh, the season they got relegated. Uh, Cheryl Stone, Eco Power. That's, That's the name of the stadium. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. There we go. Um, there's a lot of people worried about Tuesday. It's a, it's a derby, so I understand people's worried. Ian Bradley, I'm terrified of Tuesday. A massive potential banana skin. But if we're professionals, we're a crew, we will win comfortably. And that's the thing, Ben. South Yorkshire derbies, they are big games. Morning knows how to get players up for these games. But if we play our game, as we showed in the Papa John's in this season, we'll beat them. And it should, if we do our stuff, it should be fairly comfortable. What do you mean if we do our stuff? That's I mean, you don't you don't win well. sports games by doing your stuff. You have to play to the opposition because. But yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, I think it'll be an easy win. I don't see why people are threatening. Uh, one of the worst teams I've seen this season. Um, they're awful. I hope that gets clipped. This is Doncaster podcast. Yeah, go and clip me. Uh, I haven't been clipped before, but first time for everything. Yeah, I, I think it would be. I'm impressed. I haven't been clipped yet as well. I've said some outlandish yeah. things about opposition. I think he's only Mick that's been Give clipped, it a week. It? Hello. Give it. It's only Mick that's been clipped, isn't it? I can't say. Twice. Uh, yeah. Twice uh... <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't see it being a banana skin either. I think it'll be a comfortable win. Yeah. When they won one nil up on Saturday, Mick, I was sort of worried a little bit that they found them down the mojo because obviously they beat MK Dons away, which was a brilliant result. Um they went one nil up early against Plymouth, who were a very solid team. I was getting a little bit concerned, I genuinely getting a bit concerned they turned it round in time to play us, but then normal surge was resumed and they got spanked three one. Um yeah, it should be fine. Everything should be fine, but it should have been fine against Fleetwood, and it wasn't. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I think from a Donny point of view, I think they've made a good appointment in Gary McSheffrey. I, I really do. I think they've got a young, hungry manager who wants to develop himself and wants to develop the club. I think it's a, a really good appointment, and hopefully they give him the opportunity to to to, to, to turn it around there at Donny. Um and there are signs, as you just pointed out there, that he's, he's starting to he's starting to sort of um, turn it around a little bit. You know, the results are getting better. The performances, by the sounds of it, are getting better. Um, hopefully, hopefully, the blip that they're having now, last past Tuesday, it's going to be a tough game. Derbies are horrible anyway, aren't they? Let's be fair. You know, nobody enjoys a derby unless you win it, and you only enjoy the derby after you've won it, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it as has been said already, as long as we stick to what we're good at and, and play the game, play to play to our ability, we shouldn't have any problems. We shouldn't have any problems with just about any team in this league. So, Donnie should be the least of our worries in that respect. <clears throat> but it's a derby, so you never know, do you? Yeah. No, that's true. Uh, Jay Boy, glad Coppin just retired. He always likes to score against us. He yeah. does, but he's normally the reason for the thousand hours of extra time, injury time that they give us at the end of the game, which we normally mm. score in. So, yeah, yeah. You know, Swings and roundabouts. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the lineup, Danny, well, you know, Vegas going to be out. Um, I think Harding will come in. Um, and I also think, I'm hoping he can stick with Grig up front. For me, those are the two key areas, really. What are your thoughts on, on those two? Yeah, I think so. I think when Harding came on for Red, he actually played very well with Chio. Um on that right hand side. They sort of danced between midfielders in like a in like a one two, Willie Rathburn, like it would go Harding, Rathburn, back to Harding, and then down the line to Chio. 
Um, so, so yeah, we we, can, we can definitely have that outlet. I think we will stick with Grig up front uh, because I'm not going to lie, Freddie might be on the bench now until Kelly's probably fit, like we said earlier. Um, midfield, I'd keep the same, but I think the one thing I might change is maybe bring Miller in for Ferguson uh, because mm-hmm. from what I've seen of Donny so far, they seem to not like teams that attack and press very high up the pitch. Uh, and teams that have a very good strike force, like for example, like with Plymouth. Um, so that that might be one avenue for us to explore. But I think if we are defensively sound, like we were against Clue, against Crew, and we don't make any silly mistakes, like Ollie Rathbun did, that they didn't let them score, um, yeah. we should we should be okay against Doncaster. However, what I will say is that I think we're going to lose one nil because I've changed my shirt for this podcast. So that's why we're going to lose. It's my fault if we lose because I've got a different shirt on because all the ones in the wash. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, that's why I've done that. Um, Ian Bradley, this brings us to another point. He'd like to see Lindsay starting play for Rathbone. I thought Rathbone was excellent on Saturday. Um, Apart from that one moment. Everywhere. Apart from the one moment. Um, and I think, and again, he's, and I, see, I see what you're saying with Lindsay, but Rathbone's got the shirt and he played well. That does bring it on to the other final bit of transfer news which we've got to cover a minute ago the rumors are slate sunday evening that portsmouth have had a uh interest uh well the, the report sorry they've had a bid turned down which is not going to be the case uh they may have they may have uh, made a phone call um and i don't expect any further news on that danny really now the thing that they've been reporting about a, a bid being turned down is rubbish uh we've had no bids in not even for ladipo which is interesting um, but yeah, I, I see what you mean about Lindsay coming in. I mean, we might start him just to if if he stays this window, I think we start him on Tuesday just to give him the reassurance that he will get game time essentially. Mm. Um, but I'd, I'd potentially bring him him in for Wales maybe because mm. then you've got your very two uh, hungry pressing midfielders who will legit go after the ball and probably back down <laughs> and get it. Um, but yeah, other than maybe Lindsay coming in. I can't really see the midfield changing. Still have Barlasser as your quarterback, uh, Rathbun maybe as your uh, your fasty one, and then Lindsay as your slightly standoffish fasty one. Because again, when he came on against Crew, he did very well. Because yeah. we know that he does, and I think that's probably a topper to why we'll probably stay because he has had slightly more game time than Sadlier. But with Lindsay, he just had to sort of pick and choose his moments because of the form of the midfielder. Sadlier was just out of position all the yeah. time. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see Lindsay coming in, potentially. Yeah, we haven't talked about sadly leaving. Uh, anybody who's missed that, he's gone to Bolton. That's, there's not really much to we'll cover on him, unfortunately. Good luck to him, as well, sir. Um, I think I remember you saying, Matt, that I highly doubt he's going to leave. I did. I, mean, I was very surprised that he left. Very, very surprised. Um to point that out. But that's football. You were wrong. You're almost to die, you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I was just, I just want to point it out. Is, is whoever's you supporting in the in the playoff thing losing or something, Ben? Is that why we're a bit sniffing? <laughs> they are, they are, yeah, they are. See, yeah, I, I know these things. <laughs> yeah. Um, ben, any changes for you? Uh, are you just, or are you agreeing with Danny that just the just the two obvious, uh, the obvious one in red? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. It's working, isn't it? So, unless mm. there's been some. Major performance declines in decline, decline. 
any major input in major performance declines in practice in training then uh no oh no i'm turning american uh, in training then you're just screwed. yeah the same the same same thing you're just screwed. unless there's any american millers out there then i'll take it back speaking of which you've just you've just triggered my memory there's an there's a, an american fan base in florida that all support sheffield wednesday and they all like live in like a weird community together and they have like meetups for the games where they They're all have like cult. barbecue yeah, i'm gonna say the word you're looking for is cult <laughs> yeah because they all sort of meet yeah. up and have barbecues and watch the wednesday game and they're all there in the stripe uh, red and red and blue and white stripes and it's just it's a bit weird. Very mind, none of you will have seen Sheffield in your yeah. life. You know, yeah. well, whereabouts in Florida is it? Um, Orlando, I think. Oh. One of the suburbs in Orlando, I think. To be fair, they could have been watching Kaka play for Orlando, but you picked <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday, obviously, wouldn't you? Obviously, um, <laughs> yeah, obviously, over uh, anything else? Any anyone for any more? We've gone fairly, very long. I was going to skip predictions because it's South Yorkshire Derby because it's pointless. Ben, does that mean somebody scored? Yeah, touchdown for Bengals. Cool. Anything else that's not NFL related? Uh, <clears throat> no, I don't think so. Other than um, I have heard that if you are going on a coach or on the train to Doncaster, you are straight in the ground. There is no messing about from South Yorkshire Police. You are just going to the ground, no faffing about. And apparently. And if you drive it, the parking's terrible. <laughs> yeah, if you're driving, the parking's terrible as well, but you've got freedom to roam about a little bit. Um, and apparently there's going to be no alcohol in the away end either, due to our recent um, exploits. Yeah. So, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. If there is, and if, if there is, and they've somehow forgotten to turn the beer taps off, I do apologise for upsetting everybody. But it's just what I've heard from a few people that they're going to stop alcohol being served. Um, but we are near enough at 3,000 fans going. Near enough. I think we've sold roughly 2,700 so far, um, which is impressive for a Tuesday night. Bear in mind, Donny brought 1,700 on a Saturday. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a good day, I think. But if we lose it Depends if they'll be over sales, doesn't it? Yeah, no. exactly. So it's all it's all hopefully, hopefully they've all been at work and had had time to get too drunk. Work? That's the whole well, that's cool. <laughs> cool. Right. Um, can't wait. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, we'll be at our first league win at the Cool Power Stadium. Um, I know Mick don't like derbies. I like it. I like derbies. Um, you not like derbies, that's bad. Well, you won't be there, Ben. Ben's back in London. Um, can't even pay his tenant. Can't even pay tenant to watch it. I follow. No, you have to get one of them uh, dodgy fire sticks and watch it, Ben. Yeah, do that. Probably welcome to that. Um, but we'll be there. Um, so I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody there uh, so on Tuesday night. And hopefully, we can come home with three points. And we pointed this, we've gone really long. But if we win on win on Tuesday and win on Saturday, we'll be we'll be like almost eight points clear of Wickham. And we'll be even further because they're not playing on Saturday either. There's just it, it, this could be a key week for us if we pick up six points like on Tuesday and Saturday. With teams that are playing and aren't playing, it puts gaps there. It starts to put gaps in between these teams. It could be a crucial week in the in the in in the season. Um, 
if we don't win, it's not in the world, but if we win, it's massive. So no pressure. Um, thank you all who have stuck with us for this long time. Again, lots to talk about. Hope you've enjoyed it. We will be back on Thursday evening to, to look back at Doncaster, look ahead to Accrington Stanley. If you've not already watched it, go and watch Danny's Matchday vlog from Crew. Uh, you'll see the goals and stuff from there. What, what, one, one thing I will interject with is that I really hope the pies are a lot better at Doncaster than they were at Crew because I'm, I'm quite partial to pucker pie. I really like the curry ones, but they were awful yeah. at Crew. They were like trying to chew iron. They were horrible. So I really hope the pucker pies at Doncaster are better. Pray that they are. <laughs> yeah, I won't bet on it. Um, <laughs> but we will see you all on Thursday. Ben, 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 with us because they haven't watched the game, but that's fine. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, make sure you've subscribed to us. We really appreciate everything that already has. But if you if you haven't already, do that for me. Uh, and Facebook and Twitter, make sure you follow us and like the page that is on there. Mick, it's been lovely. I will. I'll see you Tuesday. You will. Danny, I might even see you Tuesday. Yeah, you might do. I'm bringing a mate <coughs> with me, so it's his first experience watching a Rotherham game with me. So I hope we win for him. So I'll sit next to them people again, sit somewhere no. else. No, because <laughs> no, my mate will jump in and try and scrap with them, which isn't good, but anyway. <laughs> no. uh, ben, I will not see you Tuesday. I'll text yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you everybody for watching, listening, get involved, and we'll see you next time. Cheers, guys. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.